Hello and welcome to the live episode, extrasode for our Castlevania uh, thing. This is mostly me and Cole kind of gushing about the experience and you guys. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't change it. I'm not going to sully it with drab commercial nonsense. Um, you guys are the best. We just got through Duckstream and really appreciative of the community we built. So uh, the last half has some um, reactions from the show floor. Um, those obviously don't have the best audio quality. Um, but hopefully you'll forgive us and I hope you enjoy it. And, uh, I hope, you know, uh, next year is even bigger and better and that you guys continue to be the best, um, you know, kind of community that we, we could hope for. So thank you. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro games podcast. Yes, and this week we are reading slash playing your responses to Castlevania. Uh, you just heard last week the uh, live episode we did at the Portland Retro Games Expo. And mm-hmm. uh, now we're letting you chime in. Yeah, it's kind of weird because of uh, the timey-wimeyness of recording things. It's kind of weird. Like, you heard that recording before I did. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't actually know how that went. Like, if I'm just... Uh, just barely audibly farting throughout the entire thing and i, I didn't know it <laughs> just like a, due to my, like due to my balloon slowly deflating but neuropathy <laughs> then <laughs> um i you know it before i do so it'll be too late for me to edit it out um, <laughs> it's just one track we can't do the usual magic <laughs> yeah, it just it comes hard-coded the guy who recorded it for us just is like you know put put you know read only on that one track like no, that stays um that's no. you that's what you said uh, like. um, <laughs> no i'm just great yeah. uh, man this is gonna sound this is gonna be the best sounding one uh yet i think because uh the the kind folks at portland richard games expo just gave us the audio from the board yeah, you know, which is always uh, kind of ideal. And it's going to be nice, too, in the future if we can, you know, set that up and account for it mm-hmm. because it will save you some kind of <laughs> travel stuff and stress. Yep. Like, you won't have to move things. If we just know that will be an option, mm-hmm. that will be an option. That'll be great. Yeah. Um, so we're going to kind of start off, talk a little bit about the experience, mm-hmm. and then uh, go into the, those things. And this is uh, – it's kind of made its way into the margins of other stuff we've done, and we've talked about it in Slack and everything. Yeah. And uh, it's been a few weeks, so don't expect this to be like a literal, like breathless, you know, <laughs> breakdown as if it were the day before. But we wanted to spend a little bit of time on air talking about the experience because it was really great. Yeah. Um. Can I start us out with something? Yeah. Oh, I want to extend a huge thanks to Nick and Brayton. Yeah. Like once again, they come in for the save and just make things so much easier and more fun by being around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs> you know, and it, it's uh, it's great to have them out. And one thing that was true that happened this year. Um, is that more people, you know, Nick and Brayton, like me and Nick do check out Comrade, me and Brayton do Teenage Dirtbags and formerly do The Pitch. And more people like knew them, you mm-hmm. know, and came up and were like, hey, I listened to Check It Out Comrade or hey, like, yeah. hey, I listened to, you know, listen to you, Brayton, like things like mm-hmm. that. Like, that was great. That was great to see. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, and I, I don't, boy, like in a certain light, I think that probably sounds kind of condescending or something. And I don't mean <laughs> it to be. <laughs> no, but like um, it's getting better for everybody. Like, and that is kind totally. of, it's kind of going along the line of the, the, the raising profile. And I, yeah, I, I desperately, yeah, all ships, exactly. Know, all and I don't want to, I don't want it to sound like, oh boy, people knew us. Like yeah. that's exciting, but I don't want to be caught saying it out loud. But yeah, like it, it was, it was, so this is, uh, the most concrete measure of our growth that ever happens mm-hmm. is when we do this thing because, um, you know, every year when more people come to the live show or more people come to the meetup or more people come and talk to us at the booth, um, that's the concrete way. Like we can look at numbers 
on a spreadsheet, but this is where you can feel it. Mm -hmm. um, and there were, there were more people who knew us. Like we are, were more popular than we were at the same time last year. Mm -hmm. And uh, that feels good because, you know, we put tons of work into the show and, uh, and we, you know, we want people to listen to it. This, this is one of the few times a year, but it's getting, it's getting to be more times per year where this weird thing that happens in my dining room um, breaks out into real life. And that is, you know, probably not too interesting for people to hear about for me to say that, but like, it's, it's this awesome high point. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, a, it's super it's grateful just, for. It's a performance aspect mm -hmm. to it. Like it's that, that part of when you are, uh, you know, somebody who spent like a lot of time in a band that was like not nearly as popular as the podcast was, but you know, people, there were people who liked us. Um, that's something you get immediately when you're actually performing in front of people mm -hmm. and the way that it works with us is this weird kind of delay and abstraction and layers <laughs> of remove. And it kind of takes all that away. Yeah. Um, so it was just really great to have that, uh, kind of concretely expressed. Mm -hmm. Um, it was also really great that people who just found out about us from the show mm -hmm. were like, Hey, yeah, like I, I found out about you guys last year and like grabbed an abject suffering button. It's my favorite show. <laughs> and like we gave a, you know, that was great. We made uh, this year. So last year there were abject suffering logos. This year, the button just said down with the crickness <laughs> and something about conventions that you may not know if you're listening to this is that uh, kids love buttons. <laughs> yeah. So there are, you know, 20 like kids <laughs> under 10 walking around with down with the crickness buttons who know nothing about an anti-masturbation orbs and, and like, they never will. <laughs> like, they, they don't know about sorghum. <laughs> they don't know from sorghum. Yeah, uh, so I totally could have just done another Abject Suffering one, but I wanted to have some fun. No, it's it's fun to have a, a specific one. Yep. And then, like, you know, and I, I've said it a bunch of times, but, like, God willing, my life trajectory works that someday, like, the two things I would love to do before I die, uh, <laughs> just to, to a many, like, one is I'd love to meet Crick and have to explain that to him, and I'd love to meet Josh Groban and have to explain the pitch to him. <laughs> like, just cause, like, all right, sit down. Do you have a couple hours? Like, here's this, like, this thing. <laughs> And then just the, the like the quizzical expression that would just never end, you know, just kind of, oh, but I'm, I'm in it. Like, and, and just like, <laughs> well, no, our no. asshole friend who can kind of sing. Are, are you, are you making fun of me? Well, no, no. like, <laughs> no, no, please don't walk away, Mr. Groob. Yeah. Like, no, I, I think you're actually probably like pretty great. Like you seem like a really good guy. We're yeah. not making fun of you. I don't know how to explain what we're doing to you, but I think it's something. It, I think it'd be a harder sell for Crick because oh, because yeah, I don't well, get he's the, not. I don't get the sense that he uh, he leads a very public life. Aside, no, no. Aside from the fact that every detail, every detail about his family circa two thousand two was online. Yeah, I uh, I I agree with that. He's also like Groban does like alternative comedy stuff. Mm -hmm. Like he's uh he's around. So like he you know at the very least I'm not like saying that like oh like he gets Tim and Eric he'll definitely get the pitch like it's you know <laughs> I'm not making a qualitative comparison I'm just saying that like. He's got a sense of humor, whether it's is enough, you know, whether it's uh, such that he would enjoy what we do with his name in the pitch. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, I mean, that was great. Like we got to hand out some stuff. We had some buttons with the new bonfire side chat art from Adam mm -hmm. Um And then just uh, I don't know, like it's it's really great that the show is getting bigger and bigger. And uh, just that I, I feel like less out of place there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It went it went smoother. Mm hmm. Than it be did before. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's a good feeling. Like just it smooths out. <laughs> um, I really like that. Yeah. Um yeah. So I mean, what else? What else happened uh during here that we want to talk about? Uh the usual meetup stuff. Um, I mean not the usual meetup stuff, like like both of the ones we did were bigger than they had been before. Like I'd mm -hmm. like to thank everybody who came out to uh my father's place 
um, mm-hmm. which is that bar that we went to. Um, got to meet more people than names I can remember, and for that I'm very uh, apologetic. But um, that was that that was good because like it's nice to get a chance to talk to people. Yeah, yeah, and that's you know it's generally it's the same experience I have with the Slack where it's like I'm always kind of impressed with the caliber of of people you know who who we attract. Like I mean again it sounds braggy. I was like just kind of stop. Uh, feeling apologetic <laughs> when I say things. Yeah. Um, but like, it just feels like, um, you know, we attract people who are fun to talk to and, yeah, you know, socially on point, you know, <laughs> like it's, it's, you know, I feel like we're really lucky in that, like, you know, I, I just have genuinely good, fun conversations mm-hmm. with people. We also, um, once a year we do, and it's a, like a, a kind of a private thing, but we do, because we have a bunch of friends in town and we're all getting together. It's a celebratory thing. We do a karaoke party once a year mm-hmm. um we started last year we did that this year that was very fun as well yeah um that was uh always a highlight like that's last year that was like the you know the most fun night of my year mm-hmm. and this year like the only reason why it's not is because i've had a lot of like super fun nights yep <laughs> you know so it's 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 a good thing that it wasn't but it was still phenomenal mm-hmm. you know yeah um and it was it was great to uh to be invited out to the uh to the retronauts thing as well um, yeah, to, yeah, we to, went to yeah, the Retronauts uh, meetup. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's a, the you, people who listen to both shows. I did. Uh, Jeremy talked to me. I was on the Nintendo release one mm-hmm. um, briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, but we talked to people there, you know, who we, we hadn't met. And uh, and it was just great. Like, I feel this is a, a, a thing. So, like, Retronauts is the the podcast I've listened to almost every episode of. Mm-hmm. I've listened to it for a really long time. It's one of the first podcasts I ever got into. Um, when I went to go, uh, when I met Bob in person for the first time at the Seattle Retro Gaming Expo a few years back, um, they had a meetup and I and I went to it and the meetup that they had was uh, similarly and maybe even like one or two people less than our meetup this year, mm-hmm. which like we're we are an order of magnitude, like smaller than those guys, maybe not quite an order of magnitude, but we're, it's like a smaller podcast. Like, yeah, we may be the the second most popular old game podcast <laughs> or third, but we're not, you know, those guys are are the, you know, the big fish in the pond, yeah. but being able to compare the two things, not that it matters. Like it's not a dick measuring contest, mm-hmm. but just in kind of terms of like, Oh, these are people who I really admire, who I think do really good work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just it, like there was, that was a, a measurement that again, that, that concrete feeling of good yeah. that kind of came from, uh, from meeting people and seeing that what we do actually, you know, Connects, out yeah, people. connects yeah. with people yeah and just i mean just I, I love those guys like i you know getting to meet jeremy for the first time was really cool yeah. and bob is always great and just kind of to <laughs> imagine that there is a world one in which i exist right now where it's not entirely galling for me to call myself peers yeah. with with them <laughs> yeah totally it's like you know? huh yeah it's i, I should good huh i shouldn't feel bad for feeling so good about this yeah <laughs> but i mean yeah it's, it's hard not to the yeah. um, but yeah, I, I get that as well. Um, we met a lot of individual kind of fans and stuff too. That mm-hmm. was really great. Um, I want to throw out a, a quick call out there. Um, a gentleman named Shane uh, came mm-hmm. up to us and said some very nice things. Um, he also dropped uh, some zines off with me, and I read them, and they're great. Mm-hmm. And I want to, uh, I wanted to tell you that, but there's no, there's a mailing address on them, but not an email address or anything. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I could, you know, dear father, like, <laughs> it goes well. Like, I could write you a physical letter, but yeah. come on. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I'll do it too if you don't reach out. But if there is an email, you should send me an email or send me a message because mm-hmm. I want to chat about that. It reminds me of stuff that I used to do when I was making zines mm-hmm. and stuff. It's legitimately like really cool. Yeah. Um, so just like just uh, you know, uh, Mitch, mm-hmm. I know Mitch a lot. Mitch is a cool dude. Talked about Dark Souls a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you Sean? know, just like yeah, John. Yep. Oh, Sh- yeah. Sean rather. Or Sean. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Or Sean. Uh, yeah, I, I was just about to say his last name. I shouldn't. <laughs> um, but Sean. Sean's shown up every year uh, that we have this and stuff and. 
Sean's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just a, it was really cool to to get to know these people. We yeah. had really good luck with people around us too. Mm-hmm. Like the the area we were in was this like super positive. Mm-hmm. Like the the whole weekend was like suspiciously positive, like tranquility <laughs> lane, yeah. positive in yeah. a way. Like it just like oh everyone's happy and likes each other. And <laughs> what is what's happening? You <laughs> where know? where is that other shoe? And how far is it in the process of dropping? Yeah, yeah. yeah. One thing, and this is you know semi controversial, but one thing that I was heartened by at the show is that was people came up like several people. It wasn't just one person would come up and be like, Hey, thank you guys for like, you know, being yourselves and, and not being afraid to be political about stuff. Mm-hmm. And this isn't like, we're not, it's not like this is the hard hitting show where we tell it like it is like, we're not, you know, a podcast with two Dennis Millers talking to each other. So <laughs> I'm going to give you a moment to comprehend the special <laughs> hell that I just created with that sentence. Like, um, but like people were just like, Hey, I appreciate that you guys are, you know, have like mm-hmm. a, a really inclusive progressive kind of stance and stuff. Because every once in a while, we'll get these drive-by emails of people who don't like that. Mm-hmm. And it was really nice to like – and people tell us on online too that they like that as well. Yeah. But people specifically would come up and just say like, hey, it means like no one else was talking about this shit when mm-hmm. it was going on. And like hearing you guys be kind of unequivocally uh, you know, uh, having a stance on it. Yeah. You know, perhaps the truth is not somewhere in the middle. <laughs> you know, like uh, that was really heartening as well. Yeah. And I already felt like I was on the right track anyway and I'm not about to – you know, change who I am in order to keep doing the show. Mm-hmm. But it made me feel good that like it wasn't something that people exclusively listen to the show in spite of. Yeah. You know, like that, that listener is out there. There are people who listen to the show. I've heard and, from them. <laughs> yeah. Like every, you know, every time we say something that is explicitly feminist or something like that, like they, they, you know, close their ears and go on and on. That's great. Like if you can appreciate the thing in spite of not liking or disagreeing with the host. That's good. That speaks well of you. Mm-hmm. Um, but knowing that it's not all that it's a lot yeah. of people, you know, there are people out there who like, who like the game stuff, but they're just way on board with us, you know, being, trying to be the best people we can Yeah, as well. And, uh, and that's really heartening. Yeah. I mean, in, in, you know, a very mercenary sense, that's the product that we make, but, uh, yeah. in a very real sense, that's the people that we are. Um, yes. and to get some small reward, um, or a recognition for kind of sticking to that is, is, is pretty cool. Um, yeah. and in a way it's not small at all in, in a real way, it's actually pretty huge. Um, just that we can kind of bond over that and, you know, spend so much time doing this and, uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a big deal. Comeback. Yeah. So, so lest we spend the entire time just kind of patting ourselves on the back, let's talk about <laughs> uh, some of the cool shit we saw, like things oh that were, my gosh. About. yeah. Yeah. So the, uh, the actual show floor was like, uh, what is it like one and a half times as big? Yeah. As it was before. Yeah. It's a big L shape. So imagine like it was a huge rectangle and then imagine like a little L. <laughs> off of that. Like, yeah. Um, and imagine that whole L was free to play arcade and pinball shit. And amazing pinball stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like weirdo. I mean, like, I, mean I, keep, I keep going on about it and I will continue to keep no, going it's, on it's about it. It's the that. exact same thing I'm going to go on about because it was the best thing that I saw in the free to play section. Yeah. So if you get, I'm going to put it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do give, get a chance to ever play one though, play the joust pinball game. <laughs> Because it is it is head to head competitive pinball mm-hmm. where the board like slants up in the middle and you are trying to get balls into your it's like it almost like soccer or uh, air hockey or something in that respect. But with the the language and semiotics of pinball mm-hmm. uh, to it, it's crazy and cool. <laughs> um, and I've never played a game like it. No, like I could I could see like I mean, it feels like it should have been something somebody should have tried again. I can see why like maybe it just doesn't work like it mm-hmm. felt very chaotic. 
Yeah. Um, but it was so cool mm-hmm. that like I couldn't I couldn't get over it. Like I was evangelical about it all weekend. <laughs> no, like you, you directed me to it. And like I just played with a complete stranger. I walked over there on a break. Mm-hmm. And uh, even even with that, like it was it was just so fun. And like I can see why, like especially mm-hmm. with uh, hardcore pinball kind of stuff for as all over the place as the as the sights and sounds are. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still relatively predictable. Like you can master a, b- a board <laughs> a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. Whereas with this, you have this strange, chaotic thing. So the exact reason why somebody who really likes pinball wouldn't like it is the exact same reason that I love it. <laughs> totally. Exactly. Like pinball already has that, like that sense of chaos and aesthetic overload. Mm-hmm. Um, that is something I like about it and leaning into that rather than trying to like control for it is something I really dig. Yeah. You know, and like I didn't feel worse at it than I do at normal pinball. Mm-hmm. Like I had a goal that like made sense to me. <laughs> yeah, which at I the don't very least, have in pinball. You can just focus on not letting stuff through the main gutter. Yeah, like, <laughs> like you, you have to play de- you have to play defense. Mm-hmm. It's like pinball with a heavy defense element, <laughs> which is just super weird and and unique. Yeah. You know. Um so I was, I was way into that. Um the show floor was like bigger and better just in general. Yeah. Like there were more uh you know, more games, more art and stuff, which I like. Oh, yeah. Um, j- just because, you know, the store aspect is my least, inter- you know, the least interesting aspect. It's neat to go sure. to go through there with like a shopping list. But like, oh, it's, yeah. it's interesting the way that like a thrift store is interesting. It's yeah. Treasure hunt's always fun. But like, it's not you're not going to see things you can't see on eBay, mm-hmm. you know, very often. Like every once in a while you do. But for the most part, yeah. it's like you're looking for bargains or you're looking for the convenience of just buying something. Yeah. Or just looking right at then. like, oh, I've never seen a Vectrex cartridge before. <laughs> Totally, yeah. That stuff is, is super fun. Yeah. But the uh, the actual kind of art and people hawking their own products and stuff, mm-hmm. there was more of that this yeah. year. And that, to me, speaks really well of the future of the show. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the show is kind of splitting in these two things. Like, in winter, they do a trade, like a show that's essentially just uh, mm-hmm. st- like a big store. Like, all the local stores set up tables and bring out their stock, and it's just a mall for old video games. And that's great. Mm-hmm. I'm into that, you know? Yeah. But it never, that never felt like it had... Uh, legs mm-hmm. the same way something that is more cultural or community focused mm-hmm. would and uh the stuff that i saw here feels like it's moving more in that direction they've been doing it the entire time we've been going and i've been going where it's like more panels more talks more creativity less commerce yeah you know and and places where those things inter- interact of course but like well, yeah there's just a lot more uh art mm-hmm. and stuff to look at and more like projects and weird kickstarters and stuff <laughs> homebrews yeah things like that yeah, uh, the, and, and that that is that is a great presence, and it makes me kind of sad because, like, I guess if I wanted to put the effort into shipping stuff back, I could totally do yeah. it. Yeah, but like that, like that is by far the most cost of cost effective place to buy these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, you know, you, you can only put so much in a uh, in, in a carry on bag. <laughs> so yeah. you know, trying to bring that back, like these awesome, like framed, kind of look like Goodwill paintings, but they have a duck hunt like duck in them and stuff the guy like that guy yeah he does those where he, he finds like old you know hotel art mm-hmm. and stuff like that and then paints video game things into it yeah he had um he was there the first time i went and he had a really huge like you know imagine um i'm bad with distances but like several feet wide like four or five feet, mm-hmm. feet wide two or three feet tall um and it was a, a picture of the inside of a mansion and he drew it all drawn all the maniac mansion kids oh shit like walking into it and it was like three hundred dollars or something i couldn't afford <laughs> but i really loved it yeah um, and then I'm glad he came back cause he was absent for a couple of years. Hmm. Um, the guy right across from us, um, mm-hmm. who did uh, these really awesome, like video game mandalas. Yeah. Like the uh, circular, really intricate, um, kind of designs like the, like the Buddhist kind of thing, except with, uh, like all of the stages from Zelda in it. Or yeah. Metroid. And all, and all the creatures and kind of assets and stuff. Yeah. Those are really cool. 
Um, we were next to uh, the guys who did this, um, like, what was the name of the movie? Like, The Great NES Hunt or something like yeah. that, where it's like, the uh, you know, is one guy trying to buy every NES game in a month, mm-hmm. traveling across the country. It's a documentary, mm-hmm. um, which Brayden bought. Now that Brayden has moved in, like, we're going to watch it at some point. Nice. Like, do a little screening. Um, but I'm, I'm, you know, and those guys were great. Like, it just, I, I, I've said it this before, and I'll say it again. Like, I'm self-conscious about talking about the convention experiences I've had this fall because I feel like a little kid and that the takeaway is just me being like, there was a man and he was nice. <laughs> you know, like there there was a man. He was tall, but he was nice. There was another man next to him was also nice. Like, it, it's just really, mm-hmm. that's the, what I'm taking from it though is just like this kindness and 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 <laughs> kind of creativity that's coming out of things. Like, I just, yeah. I can't not feel positive about it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, the, like, it wasn't this particular show. It wasn't PRG. It was the How Game Developers Expo. We were driving back the long drive from Columbus to Cincinnati and you said something along the lines of like, we need to just like find something to feel bad about because something bad <laughs> is going to happen if we don't. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, I texted uh, one of my friends. I was just like, tell me something wrong with me. <laughs> like it just, you know, it, it is, I can't get rid of that kind of glutton for punishment mm-hmm. thing. Like it's just weird, like coming to terms with being happy with the state of things mm-hmm. that I'm not used to <laughs> and is, is probably like a mark of, of some kind of maturity or, or growing up. Like it's, it's a positive thing. I'm going to try to lean into that part of it, mm-hmm. you know, rather than being too cynical about it. Cause you know, soon enough, like I'll have some medical thing will pop up and I'll die. But like, you know, <laughs> up until then, like let's, let's, enjoy it you know because why wouldn't we no um and and it's it's you know i just feel really grateful for the chance to do that stuff and and for the people who who do support us and and Mm -hmm. who uh who take take their time to appreciate what we do yep um you know it's it's really really touching yeah great great Uh, grateful is a word that we have used in just ridiculous abundance over the past month yeah like it (laughs) it is it is the overwhelming emotion i'm feeling yeah you know, and then, and then like on top of just like people, you know, helping me pay rent when I was living in the RV, like <laughs> yeah. I just, I am, I am unreasonably grateful. Like it is, it is like a, a singularity of gratefulness mm-hmm. this autumn, you know, this has been like what, like a really, really up and down last couple of months for me. And it is just, uh, you know, it feels good to like come out of it, uh, affirmed rather than discouraged Yeah, you know, by things. Um, did you get anything from the show? Um, so I got a, uh, oh my gosh, what would you call it? Like a ROM hack, um, ROM loaded version of mother three on the Game Boy mm-hmm. Advance. Uh, that is very fun. Please do not read that as us eventually doing mother three very soon. Um, <laughs> I got enough. Cur- you might do it at some point. Oh yeah. But definitely. Yeah, we have to be like, careful with our JRPGs. We have to like there, there's so many more franchises. We've already done uh, a mother game. So, yeah. uh, please don't read into that. However, I see what people like about this. It's it's very cool, and I like being able to play it in bed on my Game Boy Advance SP, which again is one of my just most favorite pieces of hardware. Yeah, it's it's a wonderful anytime I can play something on that. Yeah, I'm into it. It's right, like it, I can see it from here. Like that, <laughs> I play that thing regularly. Yeah, um, um, I also got uh, Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter. I uh, mm-hmm. got a got a, a relatively inexpensive copy of that. Uh, please do not take that as a sign that we're going to cover Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter anytime soon. <laughs> Even though, like, that almost makes more sense. It does. It really does. Me. Like, like that could happen. <laughs> yep. Like, that, you know, that could happen, you know, next year. <laughs> yeah. Fairly easily. It could happen but, like, in, like, the, the Chocobo's Dungeon side yeah, of things. We, yeah. We don't actually know whether it will. So, yep. don't, uh, this is not a guarantee. Yep. A kiss is not a contract. <laughs> the, um, yeah. yeah. But those were the two things I got. I was happy with my two games. Um, I saw a lot of art that was very tempting. And I grabbed some cards, and I may be thinking about it. But uh, that was good. Um, I was on a hunt for uh, for for a rule of rose, but I chickened out at the uh, at the end. It was of too it. expensive. So it was just way too expensive. Like one fifty is my upper ceiling on that. Yeah, and they they wanted like one eighty, and you might have been yeah. able to talk them down, but like, yeah, I don't. Know. I feel like this, I'm terrible at negotiating. Like I hate doing yeah. that. So 
And there's there's something about like vendors at a place. Like a lot of people who run stores, mm-hmm. um, like they're so used to that to where like they'll participate, but I always they always feel just kind of done with it. Yeah, you know, like and I always I always feel a little weird about it too. Yeah. I'm I just, not in. I, 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 <laughs> this this is this is how bad of a negotiator I am. I want to respect that that they think that thing is worth what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even though that's not what they actually think. Yep. Like they price those things with the idea of, yep. you know, a negotiation in mind. But yeah. How about you? Did you, did you find any, uh, get any good finds? Um, I bought one of those mandalas, yep. um, which is pretty great. I bought the Super Mario World one. Um, I wanted the uh, Zelda one, but Brayton bought that. So I didn't want to have two of the, can't have two of the same mandalas in the same house or Buddha will get mad at you and rise from the earth and <laughs> earthquake you. Um, I think is how that works. Uh, well, he is when you get two mandalas in one house. You have to get the ley lines across, right, for him to gain Titan strength. Um, the, uh, but uh, and then the the thing I'm most excited about, and the fruits of which will will trickle into people oh, listening. This, this thing, fucking yeah. yeah tell us so about I bu- this. I bought um. So I was walking by, like I was just doing my initial walk through the con floor, and just saw uh, a NES cart sticking out of a top loader NES hooked up to a keyboard, and I was like, huh, those are things I like. And um, did, at any point, did you think this was a trap? Was this under a crate <laughs> yeah, that was like under a box of the stick? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it's called um, boy, like the NES Maestro or something like that. Um, I don't. I don't have it right in front of me. Um, or, or, but I'll, I'll look it up. It'll be in the show notes. But it's a NES cart that acts as a MIDI controller, mm-hmm. um, or it, like lets you hook a MIDI keyboard up to your nes and control your the music from your nes uh <laughs> with a keyboard yep which is all like i ever wanted um like I, I've, I've bounced off a of famba tracker a few times now it's weird to me that the timeline is vertical um it's weird to me that notes are just represented as numbers mm-hmm. you know and it, i get that music is is math and i get that a vertical <laughs> timeline is you know makes just as much sense as a horizontal one that like mm-hmm. the conventions i'm used to are arbitrary mm-hmm. um i know that but at the same time like there is a, an element of like pushing yourself to learn, you know, yeah. those kind of things. Like it, it's, it's a higher calorie kind of way to learn how to make music with it. And uh, now I don't have to because science <laughs> has invented my way out of it. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to do, um, you know, some kind of, uh, I have like a lot of plans for it. Um, at the very <laughs> least, I'm going to do the season two, check it out, comrade, or season three, like that theme song is going to change. <laughs> I'm something different and I'll probably do a watch out for fireballs one with it. Oh, um, please it do. It could be a, a special, you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be the new one, but it could be a special Mm-hmm. You know, a special one for something, and uh, eventually we'll do another instrumental album. And I kind of want to—I um, don't know if I'll actually do this, but part of me wants to do like a pop record with mm. it, like with vocals and stuff, like oh, just wow. you know, the mu- like not chiptune music. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be amanamanamanamanam Gucci. <laughs> um, just, uh, just <laughs> to uh, like what happens? What would a song sound like if uh, you know the drums and and guitars and stuff is written like a regular song but it were all things from the nes soundtrack yeah you're trying to uh postal service it i was setting you up for that joke i'm glad you made it <laughs> like, okay. i'm glad i'm glad that you you can resolve that uh for me but yeah so something like that i, I kind of want to do that so things will start trickling out um I'm, i've got three weeks left of school and then I mean, my free time will, will hmm. open up a lot so um yeah so i'm yeah. really excited about that and it was it was kind of expensive i'm um, not unreasonably so but just for my budget because i don't have tons of money yeah um so i didn't end up getting anything else because i kind of blew my budget yeah on this one really neat thing yeah uh, it's a, it's a cool thing like i just uh, i gotta say when you came back with that the look on your face was just really like it was uh, yeah you, 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 it was just it was like unfettered glee i was so happy for you. it's really made for me like it is like that's <laughs> i wanted this sense like what a weird uh when you're talking about trap thing like this year between <laughs> that and then uh mario maker like is a real like 
sticking it to younger Gary. Like I'm not sticking it to the opposite of sticking. You know, no, like you're still these are the you. things that the child me wants like so much. And I still want them too. But like, these are things that I would have, you know, flipped my shit for. And now I'm just like, Oh, that's great. You yeah. know, and, and way into it. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's a great place. I mean, this seems like as good of a time as any to like tell people, you know, I understand travel is expensive. Like we have yeah. to like this is only possible for me to make it out there because of the Patreon. So like, yeah. if this sounds disingenuous, please forgive me. But like, it is a great time. Like, don't just yeah. come out to see us, like come out and see all the awesome stuff and see this, you know, these stores and see these people giving you the ability to play NES stuff on a keyboard. Like it's all over. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. You should definitely make it out if you're able to. Yeah. Um, we'd love to meet you. So, um, you know, come on out and hang out with us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so let's uh, talk about Castlevania. Or talk about uh, you, you guys talking about Castlevania. Yeah. We just talked about Castlevania on the live episode. I hope it went well. Um, I, I, it I spent that it whole did. time like, <laughs> looking at Jeremy Parrish oh. and just like <laughs> you and me worried both, I was going to get something wrong. Like, because, you know, he's he knows that series really, really well. And mm-hmm. again, it's like somebody who I look up to a lot. So, uh that was that was a little bit nerve wracking, but I like to think that it went went okay. I, I asked him. I was like, "Hey, man, I saw I saw you out there in the audience. Like, do we do okay?" And he said, yeah. "Yes, we did." So okay. my, I just uh, it was my turn to be insecure that day. Yeah. <laughs> so th- thank you, Jeremy. Thanks everybody who did come out. Yeah. The show, and thanks everybody who wrote in or mm-hmm. uh, spoken. So we're gonna we're gonna read your responses, mm-hmm. and then we're gonna kind of edit together some of the audio we recorded from the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, the first live show we did was entirely that. This year, like. I don't really have anything to say other than like I was a little bit less into like sticking a microphone in people's faces. Yeah, like, it, was, it was more fun just to talk to people was my thing. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. so th- th- I wouldn't be that surprised if that gets phased out. Like, yeah, I would be OK not doing that next year, honestly, mm-hmm. like to talk business on air. But like I would be OK just living in the moment. Yeah, I just um, it feels like weirdly confrontational, especially as more people come up and just want to hear about what we do. Like, I don't want to like make them uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. So, so this is probably the last time you're going to hear that, but there is some in this episode. And, but first, um, there are responses. Cool. Do you want to get us started with, uh, Nick? Yeah. Nick writes in via contact saying the first Castlevania, the first Castlevania game I played to any degree was symphony of the night. My brother and I rented it and beat it over a weekend. It wasn't until we had already returned the game that we learned about the inverted castle from a magazine article. The very next week we rented symphony again and restarted from the very beginning and got the true ending. Good times. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's not the game we did. Nope. But like, it's not like we, you know, there's like pretty good chance that it'll be like, watch out for Fireballs 200 or something. Yeah. So, you know, keep an eye out for that. But like, <laughs> yeah, that is a, yeah, this is a, a good story. I, I, uh, when I got Symphony of the Night, I was too Roomba-ish to have anything, you know, not be picked <laughs> Skip up. Skip by it, yeah. Yeah, I, I was unreasonably thorough and with that. By the time I got Symphony of the Night, I knew about the inverted castle. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 not really a secret. And if it is, it's one of the most famous and like well-known secrets. Mm -hmm. It is the showdown of Castlevania. (laughs) It is the showdown of Castlevania. (laughs) Um, Holland says via contact. I played Castlevania once when I was much too young to understand or appreciate it. And it sadly turned me off uh, to it for what I thought was forever. My older cousin handed me the controller for their first encounter with the Medusa heads. And after dying (laughs) three times in about a minute, I cemented in my mind that the game was clunky and had a bloated difficulty. Fortunately, years down the road, a few articles and YouTube videos, as well as my own growing love for classic movie monsters, got me to try it out again. I loved it the second time around. I still think the flying backwards arc when you get hit is annoying as shit, but I learned to love the deliberate uh, planning of the pace, the sub-weapons, the enemy arcs, etc. I could finally see what I thought was archaic programming as a kid was actually deliberate structuring to force you to stop and plan rather than rush in guns blazing. 
Because isn't that what you'd uh, actually do if you entered a castle of death with a <laughs> band of leather as your weapon? Uh, the first Castlevania's pace and thinking game direction make it one of the most timeless in the series for me, and is my personal favorite, except for the GBA and DS Metroidvanias, which I will uh, go to my grave uh, always wanting more of. But this is a, a creature of the night of a different nature. Yeah. Oh, you can hear their song. Yeah. It's yeah. A <laughs> so the band of leather thing. This is something that we didn't mention. One of the prizes, or actually the prize for uh, uh, getting as far as you could on one life, mm-hmm. was uh, was was a whip. Which has mm-hmm. forever ruined my. Even a month later, it's still like I'm still getting S and M stuff on my Amazon. Isn't it great? <laughs> Which is, you know, it's awakening That's something in bank, me. Bro. Yeah. Good um, <laughs> but uh, Leland, uh, who, <laughs> if you listen uh, and remember, actually won our Mario Kart contest. Leland, he practiced for it. Yep. And he got to, and I don't want anybody to feel bad, but he got up to death, like <laughs> without dying and on he, one life and, in Castlevania. That's... And he only lost to death because of a bad break on the item. He got the, uh, he accidentally uh, swapped out his, his cross for a uh, hourglass. Yep. And, and he did it uh, like an hour after the show floor opened. <laughs> yep. Which meant that the entire weekend, nobody had hope. <laughs> so, like, nobody had hope. Like, if they asked us how far somebody got, we would, like, wait until they died to tell them yeah, so they wouldn't like, feel bad. Like, yeah, pretty far, but you could do it. You know, trying, <laughs> yeah. to, trying to encourage people. But uh, yeah. it was not to be. So now Leland uh, has that whip, which <laughs> yep. is, that's pretty cool. Yep. So, so good good for you. He has that whip and all of the liability that goes with it. I cannot yes. stress that enough. You will hurt yourself. <laughs> so that's this one is... thing about having us at a table where it's like, you know, at being the the kind of people who make jokes, and then we have Brayton there, who is also like, you know, that's a a big Brayton thing and, and stuff. Where it's just kind of spending the weekend uh, workshopping and refining jokes <laughs> about Rips in Castlevania. Uh, not even good jokes, like just like oh, you know, yeah. dad jokes that they use on waitresses. Like <laughs> yeah. that's what it was all weekend. <laughs> so, and several of those ended up in the live show. <laughs> so, yeah. yep. <laughs> I, in fact, I can't remember if I just repeated myself because I may have made the liability joke before. Yep. 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 Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I could totally see bouncing off of this. Like I bounced off a of Ninja Gaiden in a big bad way because I didn't oh, understand yeah. the uh, the wall clinging kind of mechanic. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, uh, you know, if I had played. I think Ninja Gaiden is more bullshit than, than oh, Castlevania, yeah, yeah. even like, as an adult. Like if I go back to it, like it's a good game, but mm-hmm. it, I don't think it's as good as, as Castlevania. But yeah, like just like understanding like a deliberate choice versus, hey, this is some bullshit. I feel like that's something that we uh, wrestle with on Abject Suffering a little bit. Yeah. 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 But uh, this is pretty much as far from an Abject Suffering NES game as we could get. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, let's see here. Greg writes in via contact saying Castlevania is one of my all time favorite NES games and a fitting start to the franchise. It's not my favorite Castlevania game. Super Castlevania four is at the top of is at the top for me. However, I have strong memories of playing this. I first got the game by borrowing it from a friend around 1987 when I was nine, shortly after it had come out. The high difficulty frustrated me, but I kept hacking away, slowly making progress as I learned the patterns of the enemies, which special weapons do what and how to defeat the bosses. In about a week's time, uh, I had the game beat, and I felt quite proud of myself for doing that. It made me feel even better later on to hear about all the people who were complaining about how tough the game was. Later, my mom ordered a copy of the game through a video rental store. Uh, oh, but yeah. we, <laughs> yep, this is a, this is the same Greg <laughs> who lived that charmed childhood <laughs> of the son of a video store renter. <laughs> um, ordered from her video rental store, uh, but we had a bee of a time trying to find an, another copy. Uh, the copy she got uh, had come from a third party place, and it was their last copy. But I wanted the game for myself also. 
I even wrote into Nintendo asking why the game was so hard to find, not knowing about their limited production runs of games in the early days. To their credit, I got a nice letter back. Nintendo answered all of their mail back then, explaining that the game was not currently in production, uh, but that it might be re-entering uh, production soon as a sequel was being talked about uh, within Konami. Indeed, the next year when Castlevania II came out, uh, the first game was back in the stores as well, and I got a copy for Christmas of 1988. I even, re I even recall comic book ads from the time saying that Castlevania was in stores again on the corner uh, of the one for Castlevania II. Wow. I kept playing the game about a year, about once a year after that point, and got so good that I could go through the whole game on a single life, something that never failed to shock and impress anyone watching me. The battle against the Grim Reaper is tougher than Dracula, as Dracula depends on timing and patterns, whereas the Grim Reaper, uh, with the Grim Reaper, you have to attack hard and fast and always be on the move and go, uh, go in with at least a double shot, if not triple shot, of the boomerangs. Um, I can't go through the game on a single life now, of course but I can still do it on the, on one continue. This is a really amazing game that I think sticks up or holds up even today. Yes, you have to get used to the stiff movements of Simon. Uh, the knockback is annoying and those damn Medusa heads, exclamation mark. Um, that's me uh, making it for my bad read there. However, the graphics were quite good for the time. The music is still amazing and there's so much gameplay here uh, with the numerous ways to defeat all of the enemies and advance through the game. This is a classic that still deserves to be played today. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, since we had less time to fill in the live show, we didn't talk about it as much, but like Castlevania totally holds up. Oh yeah. Like it's, it's really good. Mm -hmm. Um, that's a great game. So like, even if I'm bad at it, like I had to use save states to get through it. Yeah. But I, it, I do the same thing with like save states where I just put them where they might be in games now, mm -hmm. you know, like I never do like, you oh, know, yeah. uh, like, really like move to move like half. Yeah. 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 But I will do, uh, uh, you know, on doors or new screens and stuff. Mm hmm. But um, the interesting thing, the most interesting thing about that response is the idea that back in the day, a company might have such transparency that you could learn about a sequel before <laughs> it was publicized. Yeah. Like he didn't say necessarily whether that was before, you know, it showed up in Nintendo Power and stuff. But can you imagine that? Like mm -hmm. calling, you know, uh, PlayStation to have a problem and then being and about with Bloodborne or something. I mean, like, well, you know, they're making Bloodborne, too. So, like, maybe, <laughs> that will, maybe they'll get and you're just like. I'm the first person who knows about Bloodborne. Like this has not been like, it's just interesting the way that that kind of marketing has, has grown and like, you know, gotten grosser and dumber in a lot of ways, but it's just, it's just an interesting idea. It could become kind of more artificial. I'm looking yeah. at that and I'm thinking like that probably wasn't that huge of a secret because, uh, um, it was released in, um, Japan on the Famicom disc system in, uh, August of 1987. It didn't mm -hmm. come out in the United States until December 1st of 1988. Oh, okay. So like it might have actually like that like that might have been public knowledge in some magazine or another. Yeah. I don't I don't know how much attention I, I wouldn't Greg was paying. It was, yeah. Like, I don't think Greg was saying that it was it was a scoop or exclusive. I was just saying the idea yeah. that that could potentially happen. Mm -hmm. Like a company might disclose something like that. It's just <laughs> yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, I just uh, given the Nintendo of America. Yeah. That's totally like just to find out about that. Like I could totally see turning that around and then going and talking to like kids on the on the playground and having them not believe me. Mm hmm. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Like my uncle who works at Nintendo wrote me a letter who said, yeah. 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 Um, um, also, yeah. I like the idea that um, a re-release of a game on the same system would be worth space on an advertisement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not even a re-release. It was, it was just a going back into production. Yeah. Like a reprinting. Yeah. They just yeah. made more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just interesting the way that our standards for things like that change mm -hmm. and things. I always think about how, uh, Back in the day in the 70s and 60s with comic books, um, where I don't, I, mean, I don't know if this 
ever made your radar, but it did for me when I was young and collecting comic books from back issues is that like a lot of times there just wouldn't be a new issue and instead they would just print an old issue with a new cover. Oh, wow. And you'd have no warning or knowledge of this. Oh, that sucks. Like, yeah, there was just reprints were a thing because it was harder to get old issues of comics. So they would be in, there would be some demand. But if you were a loyal comic book reader, like you would just go, mm-hmm. oh, I just got this old X Men again. But like <laughs> reprints were a real serious thing. Um, yeah. It's just kind of interesting. Like that now, that's unthinkable, mm-hmm. you know? But at the time, like, that was a thing. Huh. But yeah, thanks everybody um, for your Castlevania thoughts. Um, I hope you enjoyed the live episode. It's shorter and a little bit different than most of our episodes, but it was definitely fun to do. Yeah. Um, And we have, uh, like I said, we have some audio responses. Yeah. We're going to kind of filter in here. Yeah. So um, we want to reiterate, like we're not going to do the usual admin stuff because you know that stuff, Patreon and Facebook and all that, iTunes readings and reviews. Uh, But I want to reiterate how grateful we feel. Um, you know, we have had a busy fall with these live events and, um, they're a bit of effort to do those, but it totally, um, kind of makes me feel great about this thing that we're doing, um, Mm -hmm. in a way that I feel guilty about. I don't like feeling good about things. However, Mm -hmm. if I let myself, um, think about that, it's all because of everybody who listens to this, their efforts in reaching out and being cool and coming to see us, uh, whether it's in Portland or Ohio or wherever, wherever we go in the future, this has been such a force for good um, mm-hmm. in my life personally. And I don't want to let the occasion go unmarked. And I hope that it's fun for people who came out too. <laughs> yep. like it, it makes it sound like very uh, one-way servicing mm-hmm. the way we're, we're explaining it. But I hope that, you know, it seems like people had fun. Yeah. Um, I, I hope that they did. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we're just going to kind of let, uh, let the episode end with these responses. Yeah. So and a little music and everything. But yeah, thanks everybody. And uh, we will see you in a couple weeks with uh, Thief. Yep. Okay, so you just played Castlevania. You got to stage 15 on one life. First of all, what's your name? Leland Radburn. Leland, how do you feel about Castlevania? I love it. Uh, it's that great game of gothic horror, universal monster movies, mummies, Frankenstein monsters, bats, and you get to defeat Dracula. And it's one of the real, I want to say the first thought out platformer for NES, but it just, it just feels very, very, it just feels very well designed from the sub weapons to the whip to the timing to, to taking your time. You can't just blast through it. It's a, it's a thinking man's platformer. Thanks, thank you very much. So, uh, you were just crushed by Castlevania. 
First of all, what is your name? My name is Atreyu. Atreyu, that's right! Alright, Atreyu, what do you think about uh, Castlevania? Well, it's a really fun game, and you there's a lot of secrets and stuff, but you have to be really precise in what you do, and like certain power-ups you have to get for doing certain things, like with the first boss, the... Uh, water that you throw is the best one they use for that but yeah it's just a really cool game and yeah awesome thanks a lot I show you Start. What's your name? Uh, I'm Eric. Eric, what do you think about Castlevania? Great game, honestly. Uh, the original Castlevania, really difficult, really amazing, but still really difficult. <laughs> uh, Do you have a good time? Oh yeah. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank you. So what's your name? Uh, my name is Tim Lawrence. Cool. And uh, what do you think of Castlevania? Do you have any uh, memories of it from uh, when you were younger? Yeah, when I was a kid, I was probably eight or nine years old. It's probably the first time I saw it. Um, it was at a friend's house. I didn't really fully understand how it works. You know, I think it was the original Castlevania. Um, so I didn't, I didn't really get super into it. But it was years later. Um, I actually got to play uh, Rondo of Blood on the PC Engine, and. Uh, I kind of got more interested in Castlevania after that and uh, played Castlevania 3 on the NES and it's just, I think probably the thing that sticks with me the most is the music obviously, amazing music, amazing soundtrack and um, I would just encourage more people to play some of those intermediate ones because I know a lot of people played the early ones and the later ones but definitely check out, obviously if you haven't played Symphony of the Night, check that out because that's amazing. Um, but yeah, just um, it's an easy game to write off if you haven't played it that much, but if you really give it some time and have some patience, it's definitely a patient game, but uh, it's just incredible and I love the music. Awesome, thank yeah. That's the best way to play anything nowadays anyway. Yeah, it's true. So just tell me, you know, a thought, memory, feelings you have about the original Castlevania. Oh, well, it's it's kind of funny uh, when you go to the second level and there's the um, spot where there's Medusa heads and they just kept knocking me down and I think I got like three game overs there. <laughs> and um, then Medusa came along and I, I couldn't beat that, so... Yeah. First I got she to the second her heads and then you have to... But she's like, hey, you know what, I'm going to... I'm gonna kill you. So yeah, that was basically uh, my memory. So, what do you think of the game in general? It's a fun game. Yeah. It's really hard, but it's fun. Well, how does how does it stack up to the rest of the series? I haven't actually played the rest of the series. Well, you've only the, I've only played I've only played Castlevania. I think I played 
I think I played Castlevania for like the N64. Oh, that, oh. that doesn't count. That doesn't yeah, count. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, that probably doesn't count. So, I mean, I think I've only played the first Castlevania, yeah. Interesting. Nick, you finally played. I did. <laughs> number two. No, I'm sorry. Castlevania one. Yeah, what are you talking about? Number I, two? I, 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 I did go to the bathroom earlier, but okay. that was also not number two. Okay, good update. Okay. Uh, you finally played Castlevania one. Yes. Thoughts? Uh, it's it's pretty hard. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I died in the first boss mainly because I couldn't find the axe, but I, I feel like. Uh, I really like that you have to kind of uh, gain knowledge in order to progress in the most efficient way. Would, so, you, would you say that it's like Dark Souls? I would. In fact, I've made that comparison. You know I've made that comparison. And we've all been making that comparison. But, yes, and like, you, you know, you fight the first boss and it becomes very apparent that if you had the axe, the fight would be much easier. And then yeah. you have to try and find out where the axe is on your next playthrough. And it's, you know, it's this collective uh, knowledge and, uh, and working your way backwards through uh, knowing what you need to have and getting it prior to the fight. Would you recommend people check it out? Uh, yeah, I think all of the comrades should, uh, should give it a go. <laughs> no, it is, it is really good and definitely a, a, an awesome uh, early look into excellent level design, I think. Thank you. Thank you.